Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. As we enter 2024, let us reflect on our dreams and goals for the future. And let us renew our commitment to our race and our race's destiny of ever-expanding consciousness, understanding, mastery, and beauty, both upon this earth and beyond. Let us swear upon the eternal race soul that lives in us and in our children that we will do all that we can every day of our lives to bring into being that paradise that can be ours if we do right. An all-white nation, invincible, self-sufficient, all-conquering, and utterly separated forever from Jews, from other non-whites, and from the degenerate whites who serve them, a nation whose leadership and whose people have left behind the races of submen around them and walk unimpeded on the upward path toward higher ground and new lands that we can only imagine. What unparalleled joy and majesty awaits us and our children in that future. When I was asked to give my reasons for joining the Cosmotheist Church, I said this, quote, I choose to be a member of the Cosmotheist Church because nothing is more important than cosmotheism, for the future of our race and for the future of life itself. I want to be a part of that, and I want to have a part in building a community of the awakened, so that ever-increasing numbers of our people and the next generation of our people will have a proper spiritual foundation and education. Without such a foundation, we are adrift and must depend on chance to find leaders for our alliance and our folk generally. With such a foundation, our young people will also have a chance to meet and marry others who are also properly grounded in our truths. I have had these truths deeply infused in my soul and want the same for my children and for all members of our people who are ready for these truths. Asked the same question, my wife said, quote, I choose to be a member of the Cosmotheist Church because Cosmotheism is already the religion my husband and I have chosen for our growing family, and the one which my husband and I have been following for the last ten years. 
I have read all the books and nearly every essay that Cosmotheism's founder, Dr. Pierce, wrote, and have repeatedly immersed myself in them, and have reread many of them in the last year alone. Cosmotheism is the philosophy slash religion that comes closest to spiritual and biological truth. It is totally unlike the fake nonsense of Christianity. No religion compares. I have a science background, and cosmotheism aligns with my scientific worldview. Close quote. Back in 2013, I said of cosmotheism and its founder, I believe that William L. Pierce will be known beyond all his other accomplishments as the founder of a new religion. And not just a religion, but the religion of the future. A religion which will supplant all others. Cosmotheism will prevail because it is the inevitable truth toward which all other streams of knowledge are converging. And cosmotheism will prevail because it will be the religion of a new people, who, as a result of following its precepts, will branch off from the rest of humanity, even from the race from which they sprang, and form a new race, ultimately a new species compared to which the others will be but unconscious beings. The religious ideas of the left-behind races, including those of the unconscious whites, will mean as little to higher men as the hallelujahs of black preachers or the chatterings of hamsters mean to us. To the cosmotheist, nature is God, and science, logic, observation, reason, and the deepest stirrings of our race soul are the means of apprehending God. Not the ravings of ancient Semitic cutthroats, carpet dealers, and con men, or the poetry and verses they stole from their more accomplished neighbors. Mathematics, physics, and genetics are the real words of God. Mathematical principles may be misunderstood for a time, but they cannot be faked as Scripture can, nor for long can they be maliciously revised for political advantage, and they are eminently verifiable. So also with the laws of evolution and biology, physics and cosmology. Cosmotheism asserts that we are matter and energy become conscious, and more than that, that we are the universe become conscious, that we are nature become conscious of itself and all that that implies. It further shows us that we have reached a radically new stage in the evolution of the universe.
as significant, perhaps, as the evolution of non-living matter into living beings, as significant as the first rise of consciousness itself, as significant as the faltering steps of the first amphibians on the surface of the earth. This new stage has come only recently, when European man first grasped the concept of evolution and discovered the principles of genetics and heredity. It is the stage of conscious evolution, of the ability of living beings to direct and vastly accelerate the future course of their own evolution. When I first heard of cosmotheism, I was a young man, heady with the throwing off of my childhood Abrahamic mental shackles. When I initially heard the cosmotheist affirmation, which references the Creator and affirms that our destiny is Godhood, I was somewhat taken aback. Our destiny is Godhood? I thought, am I stepping back into superstition? Is this something like the Abrahamic nonsense I have firmly rejected? But it was not long before I discovered that my worries were totally unfounded, and that what William Pierce had really done, his greatest accomplishment really, was to reclaim the divine for the sane. He reclaimed the divine and the creator for us, for the most intelligent and perceptive, for the most objective and reality-oriented and nature-oriented men and women on this earth. Let me recite the cosmotheist affirmation again today. There is but one reality. That reality is the whole. It is the creator, the self-created. I am of the whole. I am of the creator, of the self-created. My purpose is the creator's purpose. My path is the path of the creator's self-realization. My path is the path of divine consciousness. My destiny is Godhood. The statement that there is but one reality should offend or drive off no one, except perhaps those hopelessly mired in the varieties of liberalism and New Age nuttiness that are closest to psychosis. The my reality and your reality kind of people. And driving such people off saves us a lot of trouble and precious time, so it's a good thing. That the Creator and ourselves all partake of the whole, and that we, the most awakened among our race, are the whole becoming conscious in a literal, real, biological sense, is simultaneously 
a revolutionary idea and an inescapable idea, an idea toward which much of European philosophy and science naturally leads and have been leading us for thousands of years. And that means godhood. To the atheists and agnostics among our audience who question the existence of any creator or God, I would say this. In a way, you're likely right. Look as we might around the universe. We aren't going to find a being that resembles God as Abrahamic religions, even westernized Abrahamic religions, have described him. Not on Earth, not on Mars, and not on Alpha Centauri or in the Andromeda Galaxy either. But have you considered, my atheist friends, that God might be something entirely different from what the cruder religions claim? Have you considered that like a hollow sphere seen from the outside, reality itself, the reality we have searched in vain for God, has a side that we cannot search or see, the side called the future. Don't think of God and Godhood in terms of Bible scriptures or Sunday school lesson books showing us a bearded man in white robes up in the clouds or the like. Don't think of the Jewish Jehovah. Don't think about burning bushes or Jesus making magic wine and fish. That's nonsense. None of that is real. None of that was ever real and none of it ever happened. Instead, think in terms of the evolution of life. It is indisputable, for example, that there once was a first mammal, a small furry creature, doubtless hiding from the predatory reptiles that then dominated the earth, a being probably not too unlike a hamster. And it is also indisputable that we are mammals. And like all mammals, we are descended from that first example of our class mammalia. Thus, it is unchallengeably true to say that a being little different from a hamster gave rise to Leonardo da Vinci. And what an increase in understanding and consciousness that evolution represents. The hamster-like first mammals could not understand even the words and activities of a washerwoman, much less the art and philosophical musings of da Vinci. To them, all would be utter mystery, consciousness beyond comprehension, powers beyond understanding. 
To the hamster-like first mammals, had they the words and concepts to say so, Da Vinci would truly be godlike. And there is no reason to suppose that given enough evolution along the upward path posited by Dr. Pierce, that the race of da Vinci and Beethoven and Darwin and Nietzsche could not give rise to an even higher kind of being, a being that would look down upon da Vinci as da Vinci looks down upon a hamster, a being that if seen from any human being's perspective would be truly godlike. In addition, there is no reason to believe that there is any soon approaching limit to the number of times such a process can occur. I am sure that I am incapable of understanding much about the final result, but that it might encompass a consciousness that can create new universes is not beyond the bounds of philosophical speculation on the subject. Seen in such a light, Dr. Pierce's statement that our destiny is godhood is well justified, eminently reasonable, and intellectually liberating, realizing that such an upward path exists and that we and our racial kin have been participating in it, more or less unconsciously, for many millennia, and that we can now consciously participate in it, is the most life-changing religious experience conceivable.